0: Hello there, stomping Jen.
1: Sawtooth, Frank.
0: How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah. Well, I'm grappling with things. hmm The death of a parent. My father died. hmm Did you know that?:
1: I do. I'm very <laughs> sorry for your loss.:
0: How'd you find out about it? Did you read it in the paper?
1: Oh, goodness gracious. People know we're married.
0: Oh. Yeah, well, um, we are recording this on Monday, October 17th, and my father died a week ago on Monday, October 10th. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to do a much longer podcast later about um, the experience of hospice and what it's like to attend to somebody who is sort of at the end of their life and getting ready to transition out. You're going to be part of that because oh, you were involved in it. But on this episode, I just want to read his obituary. And then I'm going to read a poem he used to read to me as a child. Okay. That is seared into my memory. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll do this longer podcast later. So this is going to be a fairly short episode. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The Soft Serve Podcast. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. I am not singing, Stomping Jen.
1: Okay.
0: Not today. No. Because I am going to read an obituary, and it wouldn't be, well, maybe it would be. They sing at funerals all the time, don't they? Mm-hmm. Singing is part of um, remembering people. Is that true? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like singing. Is that okay?
1: That's totally
0: fine. I guess people, uh, they, they, they grieve in their own ways. This is true. Right?
1: Absolutely. So
0: I'm going to grieve in my own way. And I think the first uh, step in grieving in my own way here is I'm going to read my father's obituary. hmm Okay?
1: Did you write this obituary?
0: Um, No. The funeral home helped, helped us put it together. Mm-hmm. Right, and I want to give a shout-out to them. It's a lion's funeral home in Danvers, Massachusetts. Okay. Okay? All right. Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, Paul R. Turner. That's my father. Did you know that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. July 20th, 1938 to October 10th, 2022. We covered that. All right. Uh, Paul R. Turner, 84 he was 84 years old. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. Passed away on October 10th, 2022 in his home surrounded by his family. He was husband of the late Marsha Wilkes-Turner. Now that means she's dead.
1: Mm-hmm. My mother. Mm-hmm.
0: You seem very serious over there.
1: I'm, I'm trying You're to listening. follow your lead. Okay. Yes.
0: Um. Born in East Boston on July twentieth, nineteen thirty-eight, he was the son of the late Frank and Olga Seberg Turner. My grandmother Olga was from Sweden, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, although she was born, I found out she was born in the United States. Interesting. Yeah, in Windsor Lock, Connecticut. Oh, I that's think. like right down here. Yeah, or somewhere close by. Um, he was raised and educated in East Boston. Uh, Paul served our country with the United States Air Force during the Vietnam War and was honorably discharged. Paul had been a postal carrier for the U.S. Postal Service for over 40 years. We actually found out it was 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Serving South Boston. Uh, So he drove from Danvers, where he lived, the 20 miles to Boston every day Mm -hmm. to deliver mail in the city. Um he resided in Danvers since 1965. Uh Paul enjoyed gardening, cooking, and thrifting. He was also an avid reader. So he was always reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And getting out and doing things. Um, he is survived by three children and their spouses. I'm not gonna read their names. I don't know if they want them on here. And uh how many? Seven. Seven grandchildren. Seven grandchildren, among who, amongst whom are our kids, Space Unicorn and Ted. That's a pretty good number of grandchildren, mm. don't you think?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, in lieu of flowers, expressions of sympathy may be made in Paul's name to care dimensions. 75 Sylvan Street, Danvers, Massachusetts. And that is a hospice. Right, Care Dimensions is the hospice entity that helped take care of him at the end of his life. And like I said, I'm going to do a longer, detailed episode about what that process is like. Yeah. Because I don't think people actually talk about it enough. No. I just threw the obituary at you for some reason. Um, I don't think people talk enough about what that process is like and what it entails. Yeah. And... I want to really get into it. Um so people have a an idea uh, cuz all of us are, you know, going to be potentially faced with that prospect at yeah. some point.
1: We've been through it 3 times. Yeah.
0: Either somebody you love will potentially be part of that process or you'll be in it.
1: 4 times.
0: Is it 4 now? Mhm. Yeah, fuck. You know what that means. We're next, right? Hopefully not for
1: a long time.
0: We ran out of people. Shit. Well.
1: Were you happy with the obituary?
0: Yeah, it was fine. My my father didn't want a a flowery, overly prosaic obituary. He wanted something very nuts and bolts.
1: I have feelings about the obituary.
0: What kind of feelings? But
1: I don't know if you want me to share them.
0: Well, it depends what they are.
1: <laughs> well, how will we know unless I? What are it?
0: your feelings about it?
1: I just feel like it doesn't really capture your father at all.
0: Yeah, well, he didn't want to be captured. I understand. So
1: <laughs> it makes me feel a little sad.
0: I remember writing his obituary. I remember writing, or I remember him telling me about how he was writing my mother's obituary. And saying that he's only putting factual information in it and he didn't want anything, you know, like I was saying before, overly prosaic Mm -hmm. or overly sentimental. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm trying in working with the funeral home in constructing an obituary to kind of honor his personal style and wishes. Mm Mm-hmm. But there'll be time uh to talk more later. Okay. Okay. hmm Um but you know, this this is one of the things you have to navigate, right? Is um thinking about what the person would have wanted and trying your best to honor their wishes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, um you know, I wrote a poem, which I'm going to read when we scatter the ashes later. It's not even a poem, it's a it's a, it's a, like more, a eulogy. Not even a eulogy, it's just a, a series of memories.
1: That's what I read as a eulogy from my mother.
0: Yeah. Well that was the obituary. Very straightforward. hmm Just like you wanted it. Just the facts.
1: Gotcha.
0: I don't know. I believe you have to respect what people want.
1: That makes sense.
0: Well, the other thing I wanted to do is read this poem in memory of my father. Now, this is a poem that I must have been five, four Somewhere in that range, he used to read it to me. Um, I remember he would read it to me at night. My my mother often worked nights as a nurse, and he would read this to me. And I remember, I remember sitting in my father's lap as he read this to me. Um, and I, I remember like the smell of his bathrobe and like the coarseness of his bathrobe. He was like a bathrobe guy. He loved bathrobes. Yes. Right up until the end, um, and I remember the the rough feeling of the fabric, mm-hmm. and I remember the smell of uh, whiskey on his breath as he read this poem to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he also smoked at that time too, so I'm sure I'm sure there was a cigarette burning somewhere close by, right? So. Just picture tiny little Brad sitting there right um, in the in this lap listening to this poem. Um, now the poem is uh, called the Cremation of Sam McGee um, and it's by a poet named Robert W service um, and uh, it's from a collection um, that he had about, The Yukon. This poet, Robert W. Service, lived in the Yukon. Um, And I think that's in Alaska? Somewhere way up north where it's cold. Yukon. Yeah. Right, so I'm going to read this poem. I'm probably going to fuck it up here and there because I haven't rehearsed it. It's a long poem. um, But hearing this, you may get some inkling into why I turned out the way I did. Um. Because I loved this poem, I loved the imagery in it, and I would ask for it to be read to me, okay? So here we go, without further ado. This is The Cremation of Sam McGee. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The Northern lights have seen queer sights, But the queerest they ever did see Was that night on the marge Of Lake La Barge I cremated Sam McGee. Now, Sam McGee was from Tennessee, Where the cotton blooms and blows. Why he left his home in the South to roam Round the Pole, God only knows. He was always cold. But the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell, though he'd often say in his homely way that he'd sooner live in hell. On a Christmas day, we were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold! Through the parka's fold, it stabbed like a driven nail. In our eyes we'd close, then the lashes froze till sometimes we couldn't see it wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed, and the stars over were dancing heel to toe, he turned to me, and, Cap, He says he, I'll cash in this trip, I guess. And if I do, I'm asking that you won't refuse my last request. Well, he seemed so low that I couldn't say no. Then he says with a sort of moan, It's the cursed cold, and it's got right hold till I'm chilled clean through to the bone. Yet, taint being dead, it's my awful dread of the icy grave that pains. So I want you to swear that, foul or fair, You'll cremate my last remains. A pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started on at the streak of dawn, but God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched on the sleigh, and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And before nightfall, a corpse was all that was left of Sam McGee. That wasn't a breath in that land of death, and I hurried, horror-driven, with a corpse half-hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. It was lashed to the sleigh and seemed to say, You may tax your brawn and brains, but you promise true, and it's up to you to cremate those last remains. Now a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. And the days to come, through though my lips were dumb, in my heart how I cursed that load. In the long, long night, by the lone firelight, while the huskies, round in a ring, howled out their woes to the homeless snows. Oh God, how I loathed the thing. In every day... That quiet clay seemed too heavy and heavier grow. And on I went, though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad, and I felt half mad, but I swore I would not give in. And I'd often sing to the hateful thing, and it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake LaBarge, and a derelict there lay. It was jammed in the ice, but I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it, and I thought a bit, and I looked at my frozen chum. Then here, said I, with a sudden cry, is my crematorium. Some planks I tore from the cabin floor and lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found that was lying around, and... And I heaped the fuel higher. The flames just soared and the furnace roared, such a blaze you seldom see. And I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal and I stuffed in Sam McGee. Then I made a hike, for I didn't like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled and the huskies howled and the wind began to blow. It was icy cold. But the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why. And the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down the sky. I do not know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear. But the stars came out and they danced about. Ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, "'I'll just take a peep inside.' I guess he's cooked, and it's time I looked. Then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm, in the heart of the furnace roar. And he wore a smile you could see a mile, and he said, please close that door. It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plum Tree down in Tennessee... It's the first time I've been warm. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake Labarge. I cremated Sam McGee.
1: It's not creepy.
0: No. <laughs> can you imagine reading that to a four-year-old? No. But it was like my favorite poem.
1: That's so sweet.
0: And I think, <laughs> I think this says a lot about the way I turned out.
1: Mm.
0: I think that poem says a lot about who my father was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you see that happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways... That's by Robert W. Service, The Cremation of Sam McGee. And I think it's from, um, what is the name of the collection? Something of the Yukon. I can't remember. Um, Not Tales from the Yukon, but something like that. Anyways, I knew I was going to forget it. I was going to write it down. So that's it. Okay. That's the poem I wanted to read um, in his memory. I think it is the best I can do right now at a later date um, will tell the story um, a little, uh, you know, a longer tale of what happened um, with, with him. Um, you know, again, I, I think I, I do want to share with people um, what it's like To go through hospice, right? The ups, the downs, all of that stuff. So all right. Why are you crying? It's complicated. What? Tell me. You don't want to tell me? You can't talk. You're worried about Sam McGee. No. No,
1: like I... uh, Sorry.
0: You don't have to be sorry. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. All right, well...
1: Well, because I told you earlier, like I felt like the obituary... Yeah. It doesn't really capture who your dad was.
0: No. Um but we'll have a chance to do that later. I want to get a But now th-
1: you like have me bawling. So <laughs> thanks.
0: M- my intention wasn't to have you bawling. I
1: understand that.
0: But I think, you know, again, like I said before, I think that poem says uh, really captures like his his uh his, his his quirky sense of humor, you know. there's a lot we'll talk about later, again, this is I guess. That's what I'm saying. You've yeah. like
1: introduced this.
0: So I'll read the poem. I'll read the poem again later.
1: Oh, I'm not it's not gonna have the same
0: effect. No. Sorry. Um All right, people. Um so we'll you know, look for the look for the longer story coming up. And maybe we'll make um, stomping Jen here cry again. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it wasn't my intention. I'm sorry. I just wanted to share that. Do you want me to read um, my the words I plan to say? No, I'll wait. That that we'll save that for later. I know how I'll make you cry later. Okay, <laughs> I'll save those for later. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sitting here, um, stomping Jen. And um, listening to all of that, okay? Yep. All right. Um, (laughs) What? Nothing,
1: nothing. All right. Um,
0: Okay. Um, Anything you want to say? Bye. All right. Um, uh, No adios, huh? I'm
1: sorry. I'm not in a jovial mood.
0: Okay. All right, folks. Uh, Bye now.